Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you are watching this junior high. I hope you guys are having a great week and doing well. I wanted to let you know uh, this Wednesday night, July 1st, we are back to regular uh, small groups here at RBC. Um, just a couple things I want you to uh, be aware of as, as you come on Wednesday night. Uh, first of all, just to help with some of the social distancing things, uh, we are going to say all girls when you come, come over to the, the volleyball court and that kind of area near the youth building. Guys, when you come, go over to uh, where the, the hill is, Mount Minor as a lot of people call it. Uh, we got some stuff over there that we want you to hang out at uh, just to help, help us kind of spread out a little bit and encourage social distancing. Uh, remember, um, if the weather has any sort of issues, the girls are going to be coming into the youth building, guys are going to be going into the main building, and uh, if you do go inside, uh, you are required to have a mask on. But we hope to see you this Wednesday, 7 to 9, for our regular small groups. We'll have games for the first hour and then break uh, into our small groups to look at God's Word, specifically the book of Ephesians, which we are talking about today. Now, back when I was in middle school, we actually handed in assignments on sheets of paper. I don't know if you do that anymore or if it's all electronically submitted. And I remember in, in particular this one teacher, um, when they would return our assignments to us, like a test or a quiz or whatever we took, this teacher always sorted all the, all the papers by grade and they would return the highest grades first uh, and then some of the, then it was kind of in grade order. So you really wanted to get your paper back first, your test back first. That way you know you got a good grade on it. If you were at the kind of the bottom of the list, uh, it's it kind of got embarrassing uh, near the end. I think about it now. I mean, that was really brutal and mean uh, on my teacher. Um, but 90 plus percent of the time, right, when she started handing out the papers, she would always hand one. Uh, hand the first paper to Elizabeth or Sarah, okay? Um, why? Because they were the two hardest working people in our class, and they always were getting the highest scores uh, on, on a paper, a test, or whatever. That was their reputation, that they worked hard, that they did really well academically, and that always remember, you know, they would be, it was, it was, no one was surprised when the first paper went to Sarah or the first paper went to Elizabeth. It was kind of the shocker when the first one went to me. And you probably have kids like that at your schools when you actually went to school, um, where they have the reputation of being the smart kid. Maybe that's you. Um, and, and always doing well on whatever test or paper is assigned. On the flip side, if there was a time maybe the teacher was writing something on the board and had her back turned to the class, or maybe uh, my teacher walked out of the classroom to, to get something, and they've got the back turned or they're out of the class, and someone starts making some commotion in the class, right? And there's some noise or someone's throwing something, being silly, and they would re-enter the class or they would turn around. First thing uh, my teacher said a lot of times was, Chris! Well, Chris was a kid in my class um, who caused a lot of uh, disruptions uh, at times, and he always got blamed for things. Whether he did it or not, he was the one who always got blamed. 
Why did he always get blamed? Well, he had a reputation for doing things like that. And at one time he called me a few choice profanity words and the teacher had no problem believing my side of the story. That was his reputation. I probably could have made up stories about bad things he did and my teachers would have believed me on it because that was his reputation. You know, the, the same is true in the areas uh, of of athletics uh, in my middle school. Um, everyone knew that, that Chad, Renee, and David were the fastest. Um, you know, I remember this one time, like, I scored a few goals in soccer, and, like, everyone just had, like, this dumbfounded look, like, what? Aaron actually scored a, scored a goal? Uh, no one would believe if you said Aaron was really good at basketball. They, none, people didn't believe that. But if you said Chad or Renee uh, was good, uh, they did, made a great play, everyone was like, oh, of course they did. See, they had a proven track record of being good. That was their reputation. And what I want to talk about today is your reputation and my reputation, specifically related to the area of my speech and, and what I talk about. Right now, I, I really want you to think about this question for a minute. Maybe you maybe even need to pause the video. If I were to go around to your friends at school, uh, maybe your friends in your neighborhood, shoot, if I were to interview your siblings and ask them, hey, is he a kind person? Is she a really sarcastic person? She always insults you. She always say mean things about you behind your back. She a helpful person. She uh, a, a servant. Uh, is she selfish? What what character words would your friends use to describe you? Not is there is she athletic or academic, but words about your character. What character words would your friends, would your acquaintances, would the people you interact with use to describe you? Seriously, think about that for a second, and then we're going to dive in to Ephesians 4. Okay, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and a little bit of 5. We're going to start in chapter 4, verse 25, which says this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. First thing I want to say about our reputation is telling us to, to lay aside or put off falsehood. And my real encouragement to us is we need to quit playing games. You know, if your teachers are always blaming you for things and calling you out, and when they turn their back and they turn around and they're calling your name, um, I know a lot of times we're like, man, I'm always targeted, man. Why are you always picking on me? I know I've been in that situation before. But if you're the one getting picked on in that situation and the teachers and authorities are always kind of singling you out, that probably says something about your reputation. And he's saying, put off that falsehood. Stop deceiving yourself. Stop playing the games, man. You know it was you. You knew you were lying. And even if you didn't, didn't do it in that situation, you know you have that reputation because of your previous actions. And we need to be honest about that. Stop blaming other people for your reputation and saying, hey, this is the reputation that I have earned. And I hope you also saw from this verse why it's important that, that we deal with, deal with some of this falsehood in, in our lives. He says, why? Because 
we are all members of one body. This is going back to what he's talking about, talked about in previous weeks, um, where we all should be unified because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, right? God, the God of the universe, came to this world in the form of Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for your sins and for my sins to make us all right with God so that we can all be one body together. And he doesn't want things like this to separate us or divide us. He wants us to be pure and holy uh, before him, right? And we need to kind of quit playing some of the games and say, oh no, this isn't me, this isn't me, and really take an honest self-assessment of ourselves. Continuing in verse 26, he says this, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. What he's saying here is, is don't stew or fester on something that has got you mad. If someone's really hurt you or frustrated you, hey, he's saying immediately, you need to deal with that. You need to forgive them, and he's going to talk about that more in a minute. You need to talk with them. You need to make it right. If you've hurt someone, you need to go deal with that. Because I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I know this has happened to me a lot in my life, and I'm honestly, I'm sure it's happened uh, with you. If we don't deal with things in a proper way, what happens is we just kind of sit on them. We stew on them. We think about, I can't believe that person did. I can't believe that person did. I can't believe that person did. And it's kind of going over and over uh, in our heads. And we just get more and more frustrated, more and more worked up about it, more and more bitter and angry about it. That bitterness seeps in when, we, when we're just frustrated and we keep bottling that in and we're just kind of bitter and more and more annoyed. You've probably seen this with maybe a friendship of yours. That one friend just... They honestly didn't do something that big to you, but you thought about it for a while and it just kind of stewed and you didn't deal with it. And over, over a course of time, it created this break in your friendship and in your relationship. And see, what he's saying here is if you, if you just kind of stew on that anger and you don't deal with it, it gives the devil an opportunity to cause division, to cause issues. And I can't tell you the number of friendships I've seen wrecked by this sense of bitterness. Um, again, kind of what we, we were talking about with the previous verses, I mean, if you have this kind of victim mentality, everyone's out to get me, uh, instead of owning your reputation, you are going to get bitter. And so I'd encourage you, in, in, when, when that thing happens where you could get annoyed with someone, man, take the time to, say, to, to really forgive them. Say, you know what, God, as we're going to look at in, the, in a few verses, you forgave me, I want to forgive them. Now, that doesn't mean I have to go and be best friends with them again, but I'm not holding that over their head. I'm not looking, I'm not looking for ways to get back at them and get revenge on them. You know, and, and every time I see them, I'm not kind of holding it over their heads of like, I remember you did that. I'm just always kind of have that annoyance with them. Continuing uh, down into verse 29, it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I gotta say, this is a really hard standard to meet when it comes to the way we speak to other people. And I want you to think about that standard for a second. What he's saying here is every word that proceeds from my mouth should be encouraging, should be building up those who listen. Okay? And... Just, just think about that. Evaluate that standard compared to 
a lot of what we say on a typical day. The number of times I know that we like to sit around and we roast other people, we tease other people, we say things that are kind of rude, kind of pointing, uh, kind of poking, and just, just trying to get under other people's skins. And he's saying every word um, that comes out of my mouth should be for building others up. Nothing unwholesome coming out of my mouth. And as we talk about reputation here, with if you would follow just this verse right here and really think through this verse and follow it, I guarantee that's going to have a major change on your reputation. Because you're not going to be talking back to your, your teachers, okay? And, and that's, that's going to be a, a reputation game changer. You're going to be talking to them with a respect. And if you show your teachers like a, just a basic level of respect, kind of pay attention when they're talking and don't like talk back to them and, and, and say some rude, snarky comments at them, that's really just following the basic principles of this verse. Radical change in your reputation with your teachers, right? With your friends, if you follow this verse and instead of always trying to roast them, thinking of the different kind things that you could say or encouraging things you could say, looking for the best in people, guaranteed that's going to have a major change on your reputation with them. And, and that, that question I, I wanted you to think about earlier, the, the, what, what character qualities are they going to point out in you? But I want you to hear the why behind why he says we should speak like this. And that's found starting in verse 30. It says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I hope you see kind of the why here. And he kind of gives two reasons why we should treat other people like this. First, it says, when we, are, when we have this bitterness, when we have a rage, when we have kind of, the, when we're treating people like jerks, it says it grieves the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God wants a unity amongst all of his children, right? I, as a dad, right, nothing gives me greater joy than seeing my three children kind of working together, having fun together, laughing together, serving one another. I love seeing that. And God is saying it grieves his very heart when he sees anger between us, when he sees malice between us, uh, when he sees us being bitter or biting uh, and, and just kind of being rude and just kind of poking each other, right? He says that grieves his Holy Spirit inside of us. And I hope you kind of get that image in your mind. When you are making fun of someone else, when you're gossiping behind uh, about someone else, when you're excluding them from, from your group message chat, and you're like, oh, I don't wanna, we don't want to include them because they're just not cool. When you do that, God says it grieves his heart. He's saddened by that because he, he craves this unity uh, in, his, in his children, right? And the second reason that he says that we should do that, uh, you know, in verse 32, he says, be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, when we forgive each other, when we treat each other with kindness, right, that is us saying, God, I understand the way you've forgiven me, and I want to forgive other people. It's in response to God's forgiveness of me that I forgive other people. 
If I really understand how much God has forgiven me, the fact that I was dead in my sins and trespasses, going back to chapter 2, I was hopeless, I was an object of God's wrath, but now God has made me alive with Christ. Again, this is chapter 2. He wants to bless me for all of eternity. He talked about that in chapter 1 and chapter 2. All eternity, he wants to bless me. He's done all these things. He's made me alive with Christ, saved me by grace through faith. All of these crazy blessings. He's not holding my sin against me at all. Totally forgiven. And if he's done that for me, the natural thing I should do is say, God, as you've forgiven me, I want to forgive that other person. I know that they were not the kindest person, nicest person to me, but that doesn't matter. You forgave me so I can forgive them. Again, as we're talking about forgiveness, I don't think forgiveness means that now uh, I, you treated me like a jerk and I'm going to be, go try to be a BFF with you. But I'm not holding that over you. I'm not looking at you with bitterness. I'm not... I'm not hoping something bad's going to happen to you. I still treat you with a kindness and respect, even if that's not the way I've been treated. Going on to chapter 5, Paul writes this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, we see the same theme here. As God has loved us, as, as Jesus Christ died on a cross for us, that should motivate us to love other people. We should walk in this example. We should treat other people in this same way uh, of sacrificially loving and caring for them. I'm to imitate the way that he lived. And looking down at verse 3, he says this, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Kind of going back to what we've been talking about here uh, about reputation. He's saying there shouldn't even be a hint of this. This is improper for God's holy people. You know, as people look at you as, as one of God's children, there shouldn't even be a, a hint, a smell, a, any, any inclination that these things have, are, are anywhere near you. You know, I, I think about that, that, that statement of I'm not even a hint uh, with the area of, of um, profanity, right? And saying four-letter words and other choice improper uh, words, right? And a lot of times people like come to me and I'm like, Aaron, what's the big deal about profanity, right? Like, you know, it's just a way of expressing ourselves and so we have the freedom of speech. It's not really that bad. Why, why, does, why, why, do you, why do you think it's a big deal, Aaron? And I would point, there's a few other passages I would talk to, but I would always want to point them to this verse right here. That there shouldn't even be a, a hint of it in, in our lives, a hint of impurity in our lives. Because again, you think about your reputation, right? What does that say about your reputation? How are other people going to perceive you if you don't use profanity in, in your mouth? Versus how are people going to perceive you if you do? See, you know that that affects someone's reputation. And and now some people are like, well, that's going to make me cooler and all things. No, you know that that's got an impact on their reputation and the way other people view them. 
And if I want to say, hey, as this verse commands, these things are improper for God's holy people, that there's not even a hint of that, I want to take that out of my life because I don't want, I don't want that negative impact on my reputation. Final verse we're going to look at today, verse 4, it says, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Again, he says, those things are out of place for a believer. Coarse joking, kind of crude comments, um, foolish talk, obscenities. All again, we're talking about profanity a little bit there. That should be out of your talk. And, and I do think... One of the easiest ways that you can set your reputation is with your mouth. If your speech is this kind, encouraging, uh, talking, saying uh, nice things about people, not making fun of them and teasing them, man, think about the way that's going to change your reputation and the way people see you. And it's not about changing your reputation so... And the way people see you, so everyone's like, oh, you're the coolest person and all that sort of stuff. It's about how that then opens up opportunities for you to share the gospel with people. So, again, it's like this is how God wants his people to live so that they are a witness and a testimony uh, of him to the world. Just kind of wrapping some of these things up. I've already talked about the way we, we should speak respectfully to authorities. Uh, I've talked a little bit about profanity. A couple of the just kind of quick, quick applications I would, I would want you to think through as it relates to your reputation. Uh, first is kind of the area of, of trash talking, um, toxic gamers. Um, you know, I, I still play video games. Um, I still like any, any sort of competitive sports. But you know, out there, there are some just really toxic people um, in, in their way they trash talk other people. Compare that uh, to these verses here. Um, that there should be uh, no coarse joking, no obscenities, no foolish talk. How does that compare to the talk that you have when you're playing a sport? When you, uh, when you're playing that video game, and if it doesn't match up to that standard there, then it needs to change. Because that's your reputation. Do you have that reputation of being that, that trash talker, that kind of mean-spirited jester there? Um, or, and I don't think it just applies in video games. I mean, the ways that so many of us talk to each other in, in kind of this roasting mentality, right? Um, and a lot of times people are like, oh, you got roasted. And, and, and we, we go around, especially guys, as I say this to you, the way that I hear so many of you talk to each other, it's how can I tease you and how can I make fun of you more? We seem to try to one-up each other on who can, who can make fun of each other the most. And, and ladies, on the flip side, man, <sighs> The way so many of you like talk behind each other's back, you don't see guys will insult each other to their faces, right? Girls, it's far more subtle. It's like, well, I'm just going to text it to my other friend. This is what I really think about her. Can you believe she did this? Or we're going to have this group chat and we're going to exclude her. And the whole conversation is going to be about how much we hate her. And like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did. She does that. And, and all that sort of stuff. 
That's what Paul is talking about here and saying, that's not fitting in light of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I, I, I should never act like that. If I want to be a witness and a testimony, if I want to have that reputation of an encourager, man, that stuff has got to be taken out uh, of my life. And the last kind of way I would like to just encourage you here is he says here in verse 4, those things are taken out, foolish talk, coarse joking, but, but instead we should have attitudes of thanksgiving. Think about ways you can be thankful for that friend, that sibling that might annoy you uh, at times. And think about ways you can be thankful for the teacher, your parents, when we will put on a spirit of thanksgiving instead of my complaining, instead of my I'm annoyed with you about this, that, or the next thing, that changes so much uh, about us. That changes. If you have that thankful spirit about you, when you're just, hey, I'm just really grateful and appreciative of you, you talk about a reputation game changer. You talk about the way that is going to change the way your teachers and your friends and your teammates on your sports teams, all those people think about you. Oh my goodness, if you come with that, that spirit of thanksgiving, you will have a radically different reputation. See, the reality is this. We are all developing a reputation, and it may be a good one or a bad one. And God is encouraging us that in light of what Jesus Christ has done for us and the way that he has given us life and he has saved us, man, I should live in a way that's just oozing out this, hey, I have been forgiven, I've been redeemed, I've been loved, and I want to care about other people. I want to be kind and compassionate to other people because that's what God has done for me. In response to how good he's been to me, I want to show that to other people. And that's that's our life that is honoring and pleasing uh, to the Lord. And I think I mean, this could apply to so many areas of our life, but let's just this week, let's start with our speech. Let's start with the way we talk to other people. Really think through, think through the way I'm talking to other people and let, let my uh, testimony of what God has done shine out by the way I talk to other people, the way I encourage them, the way I love them, and the way I'm thankful for them. Let me pray for us. God, Um, You have been really good to us. And the fact that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live a perfect life and to die on a cross for our sins. And we come before you thankful and grateful for that, Lord. But God, um, we want to be living in light of that. And I I think, Lord, a lot of that starts with our our speech and the way we talk to one another. God, may we... um, May we... uh, as, as you would command us here, not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up, that it may benefit and bless those who listen. May that be true about our words today and this week, uh, and may we honor you in that. And may it help us set a new reputation as one of your children, as someone who's kind and compassionate uh, and, and just, man, someone you want to be around and a blessing to other people. And may we honor you in that. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Hope you guys all have a great week, and I hope I get to see you guys Wednesday night, 7 to 9, for small groups.